What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, the MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. Look to the future, but embrace our past. We study, we analyze, we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
dig this. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. With us on the line, we've got none other than West William Dub Dub. How are you today? Hey, you know what's funny is uh, Dub Dub actually re- originated from uh, our pal Steve Mathis. Started calling me that back in like '08 when we were shooting the Bottom Line show for Racer X Motocross nice. show. And so it's <laughs> something that has uh, actually like it. Not that many people call me Dub Dub, except him and perhaps you and maybe like two other people. Yeah, so like, Weech calls you that. Very unique. I, li- I like it. Yeah, that's yeah. Which he probably stole from yes. Memphis. So yeah, either way, I like it. It's it's, it's unique. Yeah, just, no, I don't know anybody else nicknamed Dub Dub. So it's cool. no, you you are the the double dub. Um, so uh, <laughs> Wes, we are calling you, and you are most likely standing on the hollow grounds of one Mill Creek Motocross Park, where uh, this weekend there's a reunion of sorts. Tell me a little bit about it, if you could. Yep, yep. I'm actually uh, sitting here watching Greg Cole push some dirt around in the dozer, man. This. This place is uh, pretty badass. It's I I personally haven't even ridden here since 2001. So uh, I've been here very very many times since then, just never on a dirt bike. So I have been ripping my brand new KLX 110 around nonstop since I got here yesterday, while hanging banners, pounding track markers, and uh, watching the boys get the track ready. So yeah, it's been a blast. And uh, dude, this dirt's just it's pretty damn badass. I don't know why I've never ridden it since. It's, it really makes no sense because this place is awesome. No kidding, and uh, wow! Like it's it seems when you when you'd mentioned pounding, I had meant I thought you were going to say Coors uh, Coors Lights, but you you went with uh, I mean, track. Hey, I, I'd be li- I'd be I'd be lying if I said there weren't a few of those involved. Fair enough. Fair okay, enough. just a few, just a few. Especially since there was a final World Series game last night, we might have gone to Buffalo Wild Wings yes. and had a Sweetwater 420 as well. Like, you know, you know how yeah. it goes. Oh, for sure. It's, it's, it's the, Cause that, the delicious wings of, uh, of Buffalo Wild Wings, the delicious <laughs> sights that you may see at a Buffalo Wild Wings, as well as, mm-hmm. uh, as a big win y- 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 yep. for Houston. Yep. Although, mm-hmm. if we're going to talk uh, for a moment about that baseball game, I don't watch a lot of baseball, but that was one boring-ass baseball game. Yeah, it's... It, um, yeah, they they didn't do a good job of holding in the suspense. Like the games before that uh, kept you pretty entertained, but like, what a way to go out! Like, oh wow, that was so anticlimactic. But hey, you know what? It's cool. I think uh, Houston deserves the first one ever, and uh, especially after the devastation they had earlier this year, I think it's uh, pretty cool and rewarding that something that awesome happened. To no them. kidding. They don't ask how; they ask how many. And uh, in 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 their column, they can have. One uh, of those uh, 
World, World Series trophies. That, that is, uh, hey, that's more than I'll ever get, my friend. Um, and, uh, right. I, yeah, it, it's great to see. And, uh, they've got absolutely butt ugly uniforms for the most part. Uh, ex- right. and, uh, I think that, that maybe the baseball gods, like, not smiling down on them for a long period of time. But, uh, let's also be honest. There's been a lot of great mustaches that have gone with that particular uniform. I'm not oh too sure God. why, but it just seems to just like, if you don't have a mustache with those old school unis, like, I think that it, it's kind of like illegal. Like, it's against baseball law. <laughs> well, you know what? Hopefully they keep the mustaches, and then maybe after winning the World Series, they'll have a little bit more budget to get better uniforms. Hey, fingers crossed. And uh, fingers crossed. We haven't lost too many listeners having talked about baseball for a minute and a half there. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Like, life's not all about dirt bikes these days for it's, me. It's true. Hey, it's your world. We're just living in it, my friend. And, uh, like, let's, let's talk about some of the usual suspects that will be attending this particular event because this is awfully, uh, familiar of an event. So almost like classic-ish, uh, that, uh, that, you, that you're hosting right now. And, uh, like, guys like Andrew Bertusik, who, uh, for all intents and purposes was probably racing with you in the 80 class back when you thought you'd never be a vet rider. And same thing with Frank Man, yeah, right? and that, 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 that's a guy that probably raced some verb classics back in the day as a much younger individual as well. Like he's older than dirt, so are his dirt bikes. Yep, and and what's crazy is we 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 started this uh, legendary series back in '08, and even though it's uh, running under the new mantra of the reunion, it's the, still the the same look, feel, and, and people that's uh, that have always been behind it. So. You know, this, this thing's all about having fun, not being serious, and I think that's what the, the riders really enjoy about this. Like, they come out here, and it's not like trying to race minios. Like, I don't give a shit if you win or lose. I don't think anybody else gives a shit if you win or lose. But no matter what, you're probably going to get some really cool photos, some really cool videos to post on your Instagram, and, <coughs> like, that's what the kids love to see. Like, yeah. so, is it, you know, that's, that's, that's what we've always tried to do, and that's what uh, I'm continuing to do, so... Uh, you know, we, we obviously went with a, with the name change this year and, and I was just trying to coin something unique that never really been done in motocross and, and, and kind of a name that would, uh, perhaps get a few people out of retirement like myself that will say, you know what, this race means absolutely nothing and it's going to be fun. There's probably going to be some Coors Light drinking. The track's going to be completely epic and there's going to be some fast ass kids there that I can watch after I'm done racing and drinking my Coors Light. So, you know, it's, uh. It used to be fun, and I think now it's even more fun. Fair enough. Now, like, uh, 2006, um, George W. Bush was still our president, or the president of the United States of America. Uh, Kawasaki was in this weird marriage of of, of four-stroke 250F love mm-hmm. that they had with yep. uh, with Suzuki. That was a marriage that never lasted. And I had one. I had one they of those. horrible bikes. And, uh, and, and you... I still have one. Don't don't talk down oh, on it. You you can't say a lot of good. It things was the one and only four stroke big bike that I've ever really? owned. Wow. Um, but since then, yeah, after I quit racing in '06, I, I fully went back to two strokes. So, uh, well, I say that I just bought a KLX 110 pit bike, but I think pit bike racing and big bike racing's kind of different. Yes. So yeah, I still rip a YZ125. So. There you go. Well, like I was about to say, uh, since 2006, we have not seen a Wesley Williams on a motocross track racing anyway. Um, may we see that this weekend uh, if you get some liquid courage or some, just, or some actual <laughs> genuine courage uh, mixed in there as well? 
It's going to take both. I'll tell you that. Uh, we're going to see how tomorrow goes. I'm going to line up, do a little bit of practice. Uh, at the last one, I could literally make about three corners before the arm pump was like, you know what, dude, this is not your calling. You should not be doing this. So it's like one of those things where I can't even go fast for a whole lap. So it's pretty dangerous, I think. But I think what I will do this weekend is we're going to, we're, we're, we're racing pit bikes a lot and we're actually going to race pit bikes on the big track. Like very few tracks actually that you race pit bikes on the big track. And I'm like, why don't we just make a full on pit bike moto? Like just like a normal class. We'll run it right after the PWs run. So that way it's not like eight foot deep ruts. Like we actually get around the track on one tens and they're like, yeah, why don't we do that? And I'm like, exactly. So anyways, that's kind of why I went and bought a pit bike so I can come out of retirement. I'll race the pit bike class. I'll see how I do, see how my arm pump does and see how my nerves do. And then maybe, maybe just maybe I'll line up in the plus 30 class. Hey, uh, that's something that I would wait. Like to see. Wait, I, should I say plus twenty five? I think that gives away my age if I say plus thirty. I'm going to line up in the plus twenty. Plus fifteen class, class. right on. Uh, <laughs> plus fifteen. There you go. Can I still sign up for college, boy? If you got a one twenty five, yeah. I, I think that's uh, that's legal, especially if you're hosting the event. Like, who's gonna who's gonna check your ID? Yourself, and then obviously, yep, yeah, plus fifteen. Weird. Five o'clock ooh, shadow. Ooh, Luke Neese, are you are you scared of me on my one twenty five? Huh? Yeah, exactly. You're giving up like sixty Styles pounds Robertson, every kid on the line. Oh, right. Yeah, a solid buck one eighty five right now. You weigh one hundred and twenty pounds, dude, and I'm on a one twenty five. Like, get out of here. I'm twenty four years old. Yeah. No. Yeah. Just deal with it. That is too funny, my friend. And uh, <laughs> I think that 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 is kind of the, the whole theme of the weekend smiles, knobby tires, and some fresh-looking dirt, and some photos to prove it. Uh, I think that, uh, yep. like that that's the whole goal of these types of events, is to have that, like, just sock that phone full of Insta-bangers and awesome photos that you can be just throwing out there throughout the rest of the year to uh, to remember the days that you that you had, the reunion, when you saw the people who uh, weren't taking it all that seriously. Of course, it's still racing. We want to we wanna come across the, the checkered flag first, and that's why you're going to be racing college boy but uh like that, that, that's <laughs> isn't that kind of just like an all-encompassing kind of message of the, the weekend is that just smiles dirt bikes having fun i mean that's that's the bottom line you couldn't have said it more perfectly i might actually go back and write that down so i can just use that as the the new quote uh that i promote this thing with but yeah i mean it, it you know it's always been my goal uh even at the verb classics before this is is make sure everybody leaves here with a smile on their face so uh, while this like we never even tried to get this thing to be uh, even before this to be like an AMA major race or anything like that was never my goal. I just wanted to have the coolest local race we could ever possibly have and make sure everybody left with a smile on their face. And you could usually accomplish that by hooking some random ass kid up with a photo or video on the Instagram, Facebook, Verbmoto Gallery, whatever. Like you know, you could you could literally make 500 people leave here smiling ear to ear and like the gratification that you get from that is like pretty much undescribable. So uh, that was always, always the reason why I love doing these things and somehow managed to do three or four in a row some years where just completely drove myself into the ground. I was a walking zombie, but uh, you know, when, when, when on, on Sunday afternoon, when everybody's leaving, honking their horn and waving and smiling, I, I literally it doesn't get any better than that. So here we are. It's, probably not nearly as big as what what it used to be uh verb classic but to me that, that honestly doesn't matter i just want to make sure everybody here has the best time they possibly can and doesn't take anything too seriously because that's the last thing i want is 
this to be serious. Oh, for sure. And, uh, and, 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 very much like any reunion, whether it's a high school reunion or a, uh, a racing reunion, there will be stories told. And I know that there's been a ton of, of factory-level talent, privateer-level talent, and uh, weekend warrior-level talent that have gone through the, the, the gates at uh, whether it be a, a Verb Classic or, or last uh, a couple weekends ago, uh, that, that uh, uh, reunion, uh, like... D- do you find that this event, more than maybe other events, tends to bring out that story time around the tailgates when you crack a few Coors Lights and talk about uh, like the the races from yesteryear, or uh, when guys like uh, uh, Jason Lawrence would have raced these things way back in the day, or, or uh, um, like just, it, there's so many names. You know, it's crazy. Just these kind of growing. It, being being from the southeast myself and like uh, the first verb classic was actually at bremen right, right. so it, it was almost like it was more of the yesteryear of the southeast so you know we'd come and talk about sean dukes or brian raymond or Derek fisher or ezra lust Derek like fisher, the southeast dudes that w- you would always you'd always see them riding in the southeast like matt walker like you would always i don't know you, you i'd walk around the pits and just be drinking beers with you know, the random dads or whatever. And they'd be like, dude, you remember the one time Matt Walker quadded into the, the 10 pack at silver dollar or so-and-so jumped the, the tabletop at Bremen on at 80. And it was like almost, it, it was the memory lane of the Southeast at, at the very beginning of this. So, you know, I, I don't know. You still, I still feel like it has that flavor. Jim Neese at the last one uh, ended up riding the pit bike race with his son, Luke, and they ended up winning one, one, in the pit bike race, but his dad hadn't raced in three years. And he's like, he's like, all right, I'm coming out of retirement so I can, uh, ride with my son and try to win these pit bikes. And it was awesome. They won. And, you know, he, he was just so happy. And I, uh, Jim Neese was someone I looked up to when I was on eighties, he was freaking fast as absolute shit. So, uh, you know, to see him, see him here supporting his son, who's now incredibly fast as well. And then riding pit bikes and, and having that much fun here, uh, it's very rewarding, I guess. No kidding. Like uh, I know you don't do this alone. You're way too busy a guy to to shoulder all of this on your own. Uh, who are the, some of the, some of the people that have helped uh, pull the puppet strings and uh, and get everyone uh, making sure they're having the absolute most amount of fun come Saturday Sunday racing? Well, so that that was always the cool thing about the Verb Classics. We'd partner with amazing track owners and let them do their thing and let us do our thing. So they're the promoter part. They're the track people. They're the ones that run the race. I'm the one that come in, comes in and does the marketing, does the videos and photos and lines all that up. So, you know, you worry about your thing. We're going to worry about our thing. And then it's a, it's honestly perfect harmony. So uh, the McWilliams are the ones that took over the verb classics in 2010 after Kevin Kelly handed them over. And we've been, doing it ever since between Echikani and Silver Dollar. And so now we did it at Echikani this year and now adding a second round at Mill Creek. So obviously it wouldn't be possible without the McWilliams family on the track side. And then like this weekend, for example, on the media side, I have Will Posey and Ashton Hamill here with me. And uh, that crew itself is the ones that does pretty much every Red Bull Motorsports video that you see online. So if that gives you an idea of the video talent we have here, and then we have Colin Speckner, Brian Converse, Martha Farmer, uh, Aaron Gilpin, a whole slew of people coming out to take photos. So it's uh, it's awesome being such good friends with these people for so long that I'm like, hey, you know, this might not be a verb classic this weekend, but we'll still have two, three hundred entries that 
you know, all, these kids still want their photos taken and they're going to be stoked that they're going to get a photo taken and come out and hang out with us and drink a few beers because even on the media side, it's not serious. It's all about the fun. So, you know, it's a, it's an amazing dynamic that I've been able to create. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's all about the fun and, uh, making people smile. What if, Derek Fisher shows up on an RM125 <laughs> Morgan oh, Racing no. number one, no. just absolutely tearing that thing up. Life. I would quit life. I'd be like, I, I would, I, I, just, I wouldn't even, I, I wouldn't even know what to do. I would just be like, all right, Derek, go ride the track. That, that would be a utopia. Listen. There would be clutch plates being yeah. replaced. <laughs> there, there would be muffler packing just flying out the back of that thing. And uh, I would, I would. Ha- there would be a moment of silence for his 125 track. Well, it, that, that moment of silence would be when the thing chirps and there's just like everyone's watching, and all of a sudden he's just whoa. <laughs> and, oh man, he was fast. I, I I do always wonder what happened to that guy because holy shit, he was fast. Let's, let's just go with that. He must have been. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But uh, I I'm excited for this event, man. Like everyone seems to get more and more excited about them, especially after that first round uh, at Ijikani, where uh, I had uh, Frank Mann on the show or on the on the, and he had uh, nice. Jared Lesher yep. coming out there. That kid was ripping it up. I think uh, like you, you guys, you're gonna have a ton of great talent. You're gonna have uh, talented individuals behind the cameras. Uh, all systems go. I'm excited about. It. Yep. So let me go back to Jared Lesher. Yeah. Uh, I have a YZ125. It's a 2005 YZ125. I bought it, shoot, I, I probably in 07, brand new from, uh, from a buddy of mine. So anyways, that particular bike, I, I literally ride it maybe once or twice a year. The amount of maintenance that goes into it is uh, bar none the worst you could ever imagine. So uh, I probably I hadn't changed the air filter in three years. Uh, when I decided to ride an Echikani and I, I pulled off the seat, it didn't look that bad. So I was like, screw it. We're going to run it. So anyways, that bike itself, uh, Cooper Webb has ridden it at Echikani, uh, Verb Classic before, uh, a, a guy, Bryson Taylor had borrowed it for a few months while his, uh, one of his rides was getting worked out. And then Jared Lesher, his bike blew up at Echikani last weekend. So he's like, Hey dude, could I ride your 125 and the 258 class? So I was like, uh, yeah. So he was absolutely shredding it. So it's it's pretty rad to know the history of riders that have been on my bike that looks terrible and has <laughs> such terrible maintenance done on it. And it still, to this day, is just screaming. So uh, I'm pretty sure the only reason it sounds good is because the FMF uh, always repacks it and makes it sound good at least. So anyways... Uh, She's going to be out here screaming again this weekend. Hey, always good when they're screaming, and uh, and and it's always a pleasure <laughs> to be the one that makes them do so. Correct, uh, dude. It, it's unbelievable, like what a one twenty five can do for your inner self. Oh yeah, like you might be having a bad day or a bad week, you're so stressed out, and you get on a one twenty five. You just beat and... that thing like it owes you money. <laughs> And and you're probably not even going that fast, but you feel like in the moment you are James Stewart just railing that corner oh, yeah. in second or third gear, just screaming. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure a 250F or a 450 would absolutely blow by me, but uh, man, I I don't know. There's there's honestly no better feeling to me than than riding 125 and just shredding. 
Oh, I agree. I, I still have my KX125 from 04. It is, it, it is as yeah. much a James Stewart edition as I could possibly afford to make it. And, uh, I, I, I may not be going fast, but I sound like I'm going fast, my friend. Like it, that, the, the that's all that, that's in, all that matters, right? The model is taped coming out of the corners. Of, da, 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 da. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and, and hopefully, you know, next year I'm going to have to, uh, like I, I always have, seem to have a little bit of downtime around this time of year with construction being uh, a little bit more difficult with the cold temperature showing up in Winnipeg. And honestly, uh, it's my birthday on Monday. So uh, this time next uh-oh, year, uh-oh. and I will be 30 next year, you and I are going to have to uh, to battle in the plus 15 class together. Oh, hey. I'm pretty sure we'll have the same race at the same spot at the same time of year. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know that you want to spend your 30th birthday at the dirt bike Market. track, but hey, if you do, there's a great spot. It'll be warm. It'll be cool. The dirt's awesome. And I, you can bring down your K. I will. It's a long drive for a KX125. Maybe we can find you one down here, but that sounds like a pretty epic time to oh, me. For sure. Battling a bunch of 15 year olds. Cause I mean, 30 divided by 2 is 15. Exactly. No, and I'm it, I have no it's idea. It's a maturity oh, thing. It's a maturity yes, thing. Yeah, you have yeah. to you have to take the maturity aptitude test and that determines what what class you run in. <laughs> that I assume that's how that works. Like I <laughs> we're getting protested and we're like no, no, we took the maturity aptitude test. I'm clearly not no, old. I've like, been in 85 CC7211 for 13 years now. I'm not like yeah. I'm not skipping the schoolboy class. My my maturity level test told me that. Like that's I might be thirty in body, but not thirty in mind. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm sorry. I'm here. I'm here, and you can't say anything and about it. That's why Kevin Kelly doesn't race because technically he's not old enough to race. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like it's just it's just like it, that's science. That's science. That's all that is. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is I watched uh, Kevin Kelly and Jason Wygant ride at three palms and mechs in Houston, Texas. I don't know. It was probably 2009. And it was, it was the, might've been the funniest D class battling I've ever seen in my life. And to this day, I, I just remember like every corner they went into and uh, how not fast they were going. It was how awesome. not fast they were going. Awesome, man. Well, you know what? I really hope that there is a ton of uh, not fast riding, some fast riding, and you know what? It mostly will be still images, so you never really can tell if you're going all that fast anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know what's crazy is Brian Converse, for one. Like he's, he, uh, I, When I ride once a year, he doesn't live that far from me. I'm like, hey, man, will you uh, come snap some pics today? And he's like, yeah, dude, no problem. So he'll cruise out. And somehow, some way, he manages – the three corners that I hit, he like it makes it look like I'm freaking pro. And I'm like, dude, you are you're worth your weight in gold. Like I don't know what you charge normal people for these photos, but you sh- like you like whatever it is, you should triple your rate. Yeah, and because I would easily pay, I'd easily pay that for like the way he makes me look, and then he puts like a little filter on it. I'm like, holy shit, this could be a magazine ad for Troy Lee Designs. Yeah, and and then you paid to wear the Troy Lee Designs gear. That's even more impressive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, that that is one thing yeah, I'll, I'll I, touch on to for just a second, and that is that like if anyone who's listening, if you're a writer and you get photos of yourself from a photographer that's taken the time to to get dust in their ears, dust in their nose, dust in their eyes, and most likely their butt for X number of hours out there on a track of toting around one or two cameras that may or may not e- uh, eclipse the value of your motorcycle. 
Please give, uh, <laughs> please th- throw them a few bucks because yeah, I know a few guys that towed around uh, uh, camera camera setups that far eclipse the the value of a KX125 from 2004, and uh, they've made me look pretty good doing so. And I always make sure to uh, flip those guys some some much needed funds because uh, let's be honest, that's that's, that's valuable work. It, it it's one thing I just don't understand, man. Like every like every, of the four people coming here this weekend to shoot photos, they're all so good. And I've, I remember asking at the last race, like, you know, what, what, what's your rate for the weekend? And it's like, I, some, some would be 25 or 50 bucks for like basically unlimited photos you ride in that weekend. And I'm like, I don't know, to me, when I ride, only riding a few times a year, that's worth so much to me. Like they make you look so badass, and that is such a minimal cost to get, you know, that many high res photos of yourself that those memories last forever. Oh, for sure. And it's just crazy to me that more people don't take advantage of that. Especially like, I wish I had hundreds of photos when I was on an 80, like for me to be able to look back on those memories would be, it, it's priceless. And I do have a few photos from a, a professional photographer back then, but not nearly enough. Like if a Martha farmer existed back then, granted digital photography wasn't around when I was on eighties, but, uh, um, you know, I don't know. For me to be able to walk away from a weekend with fifty maybe. freaking photos for twenty five bucks, like it would have been, I would undoubtedly do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, it's... actually, I, I lie. I would have begged my mom to please, please, mom, pay twenty five dollars so I can have all these photos. See, like, well, <laughs> like my, I was blessed with with one with two things. A, my dad never gave two shits about my my results. He just bring the bike back in two pieces, and I didn't always follow that instructions. But and he, <laughs> yep. he never once held a pit board for me, mainly because I knew what position I was in. It was clear close close to the back of the pack. But my dad always right, right. walked out to the track with a camera in hand, whether it was a film SLR that he had way back in, in uh, when I first started riding, or a digital SLR that he actually he was a pretty nice digital SLR to buy. It was a, a, a five a, no the thirty D back in two thousand and three. <laughs> wow, it was a sweet camera, and he I literally have boxes and boxes of of me going really slow and it's uh like i i could throw back thursday for days man wow hey that's really cool i did you know my my, when i was starting my film career i used to give my mom the video camera be like hey mom will you film me racing like you know since i'm not filming this class will you film the class and maybe get a few shots of me and she was really good at uh hitting the record button after when she was pointing at the dirt and then she would hit the record button again when she came up to film me. So, like, I don't know that I really have that many clips of me riding. It's mostly just shots of the dirt with the bike noises in the background. Um, but <laughs> so, hey, at least you got boxes of photos because I can't, I can't say the same. No doubt, my friend. Uh, I, I, the only video I have of me <laughs> racing was at a local track, and it was my, it was my aunt, uh, my aunt filming it, and my mom's in the background being like, "Don't fall, don't fall. Yep, stay up, stay up." Yep, <laughs> I'm like, "Mom, you couldn't have said commentating the whole time." Forward, <laughs> past that guy, mom. None of that. It was stay up, don't fall. You're the worst. But uh, <laughs> honestly, awesome. I think a, a, a lot of the reasons why, like guys like yourself, guys like me, who have actually found their way behind the lens is because we're a whole lot better behind it than we are in front of it, correct? Yep, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you better myself. Like, oh, fuck, I can't get anyone to take a decent picture of me. I'll just take decent pictures of them. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that thing. And that's what's crazy is I know how slow I am, and Brian Converse still makes me look pro. So, like, there it is. It, there's obviously a talent to it. Like, I'm sure your dad, you said that he shot yeah. photos of you and you look slow. Yeah. But Brian Converse, somehow he 
He has the, the perfect tilt to the camera, the perfect filter, and it's like, damn, dude, you look fast as shit, Wes. He's CGIing all that flying dirt off the back tire. Yeah, he, that's what I was wondering. Neutral. I'm like, dude, how much, how much did you edit this? Yeah, no, no doubt. <laughs> well, Wes, I've got to get to another phone call, my friend, but it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. If people uh, don't already follow the MX Reunion uh, Instagram page, where can they find more information? Where can they get last-minute uh, entries to this race? and uh, Or just even where can they go to see some sweet photos so they can get excited to get, get themselves to the next one? Well, that's what's exciting or not so exciting about this one is since I don't have Roboto anymore, it's pretty much only the Instagram page, which... Is awesome. So yeah, I mean, I feel like everybody has Instagram these days. So we post a lot of stuff there, and we're going to put a lot more photos up there and videos, so a lot of people will be able to see themselves. But uh, this this race is awesome because we're uh, we're I'm doing a lot of pit bike stuff. So we're going to give away two SR140 pit bikes here for uh, we're doing a Granny Panty Team Pit Bike Race, and it's free to do it. So like, even if you're not racing on the big track, they show up and then bring a pit bike, bring their buddy. Uh, they can. Uh, consume adult beverages afterwards maybe after they win their pit bikes and uh doing a few motos friday night saturday night they can rip around and then we're actually doing pit bike racing on the big track too so like i think i said that earlier so it's um yeah it's going to be a really fun weekend mxreunion.com mill creek this weekend practices tomorrow racing saturday and sunday hopefully uh Hopefully it's a, a decent crowd, and I know I, I I know a lot of fast dudes are showing up, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens. I know I know we got some amazing media talent, uh, we got some amazing track crew prep talent, so we'll see if it's the the culmination of a lot of amazing people to make an amazing weekend. Hey, you're an amazing guy, my friend. I know you put on an amazing race. It's literally the ver- it's the equivalent of someone else building an awesome house and you hosting the party. It's gonna be fun. Yes. Yep. Uh, And I appreciate your time for uh, helping me pump it up. And hopefully we see some uh, fast rippers out here. And I'll see you here next weekend or next year for your uh, your 15th 15th birthday birthday party. Sweet 15th. And uh, we'll shred some 125s, dude. All right, man. You have yourself a great rest of your day. I'm I'm not going to lie. By next year, I might have a KTM 150. Not, not going to lie to you. Well, okay? well, I got a KTM 250 that I can bring along with me, and you, you can't tell if it's a 125 or 250. Neither can Instagram. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, I will uh, talk to you soon and see you next year. All right, talk to you later, man. All the best. Later, dude. Bye. Yep. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. In motorsports, the action pulls us in, and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drakes has created an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. If you want an all-access experience with Adam or Tyler Entick-Knapp, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, A.J. Catanzaro, 
you need to check out the collective experience today. The collective xp.com as well as the collective ex on instagram is where you can find the collective experience do so immediately the collective experience nobody gets you closer what's wrong jeff i don't know jay well you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran oats and bran i didn't think there was such a thing that's what i used to think now i start out every morning with a bowl of amigos for extreme kids like us That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, Big MX listeners, it's time for another commercial break. Please listen carefully to these, and we'll be right back to the show. Thanks. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing products. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to dubyausa.com today. WUSA all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it, these guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one of a kind. The reason why they're one of a kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. 
Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing and FMF Racing, respectively. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, a repeat offender goes by the name of Matt Weller. Matt, how's it going? Fantastic, Brad. How are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm not doing too bad whatsoever. Getting ready to uh, play some hockey later on today. Excited about that. Always uh, good to put the blades back on and do a little bit of that, as well as uh, talk some dirt bikes because, uh, hey, like it's, it's always a good time to talk about two-wheel exhilaration, right? Yes, it is. Absolutely, and who better would know than yourself? And if people don't already follow you at uh, at M Weller seven no five seven two five seven two on on Instagram, they would see a lot of uh, a lot of new bikes, a lot of old bikes, a lot of new old bikes, and uh, for Throwback Thursday, you posted a pretty cool picture. I might I, if I don't say so myself, uh, uh, basically like a full team basically of Yamaha riders, uh, you and your buddies back in the day, uh, looks like uh, late 90s, early 2000s, had some pretty nice looking blue machines. Yeah, that picture was taken in either 2003 or 2004. Oh, okay. And, so not that long yeah, ago. It was just a great day. Two of those were um, my 125 and my 250, both, uh, both my race bikes from 2003, and I think one of the others was my buddy's 04 four race bike and then another buddy's oh five as well it was an oh four as well and then um he had an old uh like a 95 cr250 that was the middle one so yeah we used to go every night after work and just uh bang bars until it was dark no doubt, banging bars and uh, and making some memories. Um, when you are just a curious question, when you when you're done uh, motoing down with the boys and uh, motos are completely finished for the day, you're not heading back out onto the track. Uh, what um, what is your beverage of choice when when you're gathered around the uh, the tailgate talking about uh, the laps that you cut or maybe the laps that you cut years ago? What uh, what, what's in your mug, my friend? Well, back in those days, it would have probably been Milwaukee's finest, a little, uh, little Miller Lite. But, uh, yeah, these days, it's just kind of whatever. Um, my, my taste has changed. I'm, I kind of like, like a lot of variety, so a lot of different craft beers. But, uh, yeah, if, if, uh, if it's cold and free, I'll drink it. Fair enough. We're of the same mind, uh, my friend. Uh, I do appreciate a, a nice craft beer, uh, maybe a, a German Warsteiner or even a local uh, farmery brew that we have uh, here in here in Winnipeg. But yeah, if someone's got a cooler and uh, anything from uh, uh, from Bud Light to uh, uh, honestly, probably the only thing I'd be turning down is a Guinness. But uh, if I'm thirsty enough, I might even turn uh, to. To throw that thing down um that seems to be a bit of a ritual right like a- after uh, motos are finished uh crack a few and uh and talk about how fast you may have been at one point but no one quite saw it 
but you sure did. Yeah, back in those days for sure. But anymore, I've got such a drive after after a month. I got to get home, and usually not a whole lot afterwards anymore. Fair enough. Well, um, I, I I do appreciate the fact that you still ride, you still race, you still put the knobbies in the dirt on uh, on a number of different machines. I might add, what's uh, what's your daily driver? What gets the most amount of use for you uh, on uh, on the weekends when you do uh, see the gate drops? Uh, right now, the only one that I currently let uh, let out of the garage would be my 2000 Suzuki R250. It's the, um, the kind of the Jeremy McGrath era retro build that I did, the Suzuki Troy build um, that the guys over at Primal helped me out with. Yeah, that thing is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I've actually been hoping to find one of my own uh, around that same time period. Those are fun bikes. They were great. They, they were really nicely handling bikes. Uh, strong power plant if you take care of them properly. And uh, yeah, no, that, that that bike is an absolute gem you've got. And uh, I understand that you also, uh, maybe that one, you, you probably spent a little bit more money on than some of your other builds, but uh, you still got a pretty good deal on that one, yes, no? Um, I did get a good deal on it, and it's probably the least amount of money that I put into a bunch. Okay, fair enough. Well, for that reason, you're able to enjoy it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. The rest of my bikes, I uh, I enjoy looking at, basically. Fair enough, especially that uh, that Honda of yours that uh, is the eye of, of, of many, including uh, motocross action, especially their social media, which has taken a liking to uh, combing through your personal page and, and sharing a lot of your, your photos. What, what do you take? Uh, like, are you taken aback by one of your favorite publications growing up uh, n- now in the, uh, the era of social media, grabbing your eye candy and using it as their own eye candy? Oh, of course, I'm still giving you credit. Yeah, no, I I dig it. I I think it's it's absolutely amazing. You can see some of my hard work actually displayed on the pages of other other social media sites, and um, yeah, it's it's always kind of uh, rewarding, I guess. For sure, I I feel like the guys over at MXA must just be really like avid listeners of the Big MX Radio podcast show. Therefore, they've become fans of Matt Weller. They heard me shout out your Instagram on a couple of different times. They looked you up, found your sweet stuff, and started sharing it. It's all coming uh, full circle, my friend. Yeah, I wish it was that easy. Sometimes it is, but uh, like uh, before we get any further, uh, and I do really appreciate you coming on the show uh, to, to talk about some Supercross changes and whatnot. Unfortunately, we've got to, uh, and we're not breaking the news, this is sweeping across uh, social media right now, is the uh, untimely passing and unfortunate passing of one Tom White, um, an icon in the sport, a, a an AMA motorcycle uh, Hall of Fame member, uh, a man who uh, has preserved the sport of motocross with his early years of motorcycle muse- motocross museum, um, and uh, and it is obviously with White Brothers being basically the first mail order catalog for all things uh, motocross, whether it be hard parts, uh, you name it. They, they basically started that whole thing. And uh, uh, although that is no longer around, he was able to, uh, to be very success- successful with that. Um, like in the turn of the se- – like turn of the uh, – well, it was like obviously turn of – like there was – 
uh, two-stroke stuff. But honestly, I think most people remember White Brothers for those uh, un- unbelievable four-stroke exhaust systems that could be found on uh, guys like uh, uh, Johnny Campbell, uh, even Ricky Carmichael, and uh, and of course uh, some of those those four-stroke national champions like. Uh, Spud Walters, Brian Spud Walters, also running the White Brothers, and uh, that eventually was how um, John Anderson, uh, part owner of, of W Wheels, met uh, Tom's daughter, Kristen Anderson, and that's what that's the W from W Wheels is the uh, is the White uh, side of things is, the, is that that business was something that that Tom wanted to uh, to start and 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 Kristen to run it as well as as John, and and they've been nice enough to uh, support me with this podcast since the very beginning. I believe in the first even the first months that I was doing the show, they were they were in my corner. So uh, um, uh, memories with. Tom White, I'm not sure if you have any, my friend, but uh, I am uh, quite heavy-hearted this evening knowing that uh, a good friend of mine uh, is no longer. Yeah, no, it's, it's a sad deal for sure. Uh, never never met him personally, heard a lot of stories, seen a lot of his bikes and you know, pictures of his museum and stuff like that. And, yeah, definitely had a legacy for sure. Um, he did, uh, did a lot for the industry. And uh, going back to to the White Brothers ex- exhaust. Um, my first ever four-stroke exhaust would have been a White Brothers way back in the go. day. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he did an amazing job with that. And just like, I, I on this day, um, and I, I recognize it the day of, but maybe even more, more today than ever, um, acknowledging and recognizing how um, just like out of his way that Tom went when I was in California, uh, him and I had been in contact. I had him on my show prior to going down there just because he's a hall of famer. He's, he's a, a guy that's been writing for MXA almost as long as it's been around. He's been a cornerstone within the, 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 uh, the, the industry. And he's like, this was even, this was after he had been inducted into the hall of fame. And I wanted to celebrate that. And, um, and then when I, I had him on my show, and then when I was down there, he went out of his way to invite me to his museum. And it, like it wasn't like an open day where there's a bunch of people there. Matt, it was just me and Tom. And we, we went right through from his 62 Greaves that he had first, the first bike that started the whole collection, the one that him and his, his, his son, who was injured uh, almost fatally, he's now uh, basically... Uh, uh, <coughs> severe severe ba- brain damage and he's unable to uh, communicate or uh, participate in, in any type of form the way he once did and uh, that bike was selected prior to his injury and uh, Tom completed that bike and uh, and then basically from that one after another started doing these bikes and everything from like the uh, Harley Davidson uh, motocross bikes, the the vaunted 1970 uh, R, R, I guess it would have been TM 400 that uh, that was made made popular by Roger DeCoster. He had one of those things. He had like the the stock bike that was much maligned. He was like, this is the most famous and horrible production bike ever made. And, and Tom, Tom Tom had one of those, and he had many one-off machines and he was so proud of them and and the biggest thing for me is that he took the time to to stand around with me for two hours a guy who's 
like not a young man whatsoever walking up and down these stairs and showing me and every trinket had a story and he, he didn't gloss over anything. He really took the time and um, I just I, – I can't believe how lucky I am to have even done that in one day. And uh, I, that, that, that just speaks volumes to the character of one Tom White and uh, I hope that uh, everyone remembers him uh, as, as an absolute icon and, and a contributor to this sport and uh, couldn't have come at worse timing in the fact that he passes the Thursday before the, uh, the running of his, one of his favorite races, the, uh, the World Vet National Championships uh, in, in Glen Helen this weekend at, uh, at a track where I literally met him one year ago today. Oh, that's an incredible story, Dad. I I can only imagine the stories and just seeing seeing what he's built himself. Yeah, no, I I I I can't understate it. The guy was the real deal, and very much like uh, like a Jeremy McGrath, where you 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 see the guy and you're like, oh, there's no way, like he's that cool. There's no way that if I met him, he'd be that cool. And just like MC Tom. Tom would meet you and he would treat you like you're the only person in the room, like you only person that mattered in a conversation. If there was a, if there was 10,000 people in, in a, in a stadium and he was having a conversation with you, it was like you were the only one there. And, uh, that is truly, truly special. And, uh, we lost a good one today. And, uh, I, I hope that there's going to be a ton of, of tributes. And I, I like, I wouldn't even put it past a guy like yourself to do a, uh, a tribute build or something like that. Someone else doing a, a tribute white brothers four stroke or something along those lines i know that would be tough to come by but uh yeah man it's um it's it's it's, it's a sad day but uh um i just want to take a moment and just remember that guy and just acknowledge how awesome he truly was because uh yeah like i said we lost a good one yes yes we did but, uh that honestly and and like don't want to discredit or move on from that too quickly whatsoever, but uh, I did call you up uh, or made arrangements to call you up earlier in the week, and uh, the reason was so that we could talk about Supercross. So, uh, with with in memory of Tom White, who uh, loved this sport, loved Supercross and uh, and everything two wheels, and he wouldn't want us to dilly dally around that too much he'd want to just enjoy two wheels the way same way he did the same way he did all the way up until uh just recently riding uh flat track at the age of oh i can't can't even he's got to be in his 70s that guy is still riding flat track and doing so uh maybe not at the same level he did in the 70s but still better than i ever will but uh yeah let's talk some supercross man let's talk about some changes and how they affect those who race and those who uh, will be attending these races, both as fans and competitors alike. Sound good? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Now, uh, first of all, I want to uh, touch on the scoring, and I want to kind of attack these in, in like, kind of most impactful, least impactful, uh, starting with the least impactful end, which is, now, instead of using the easy math of 25 points per uh, per race uh, win, and you could easily uh, four four race wins is 100 points, three races is 75, uh, uh, six race wins is 150 points. Now it's a 26 point system. 
uh, and uh, it's the same distance from from first to third, but going back from there, it's one single point between. And uh, I guess what that allows is that no longer will there be two points between fifth and sixth and seventh there on after up until tenth, where it it goes down by one after that. Um, it would it'll be a, a consistent. All the way back, uh, one point. So you are penalized less for achieving a, a seventh place finish. And uh, if you do some quick math, you'll know that Eli Tomac would win the uh, the championship last year in Supercross uh, if if this point system was put into play. But uh, uh, what do we think about this particular rule change? I don't really feel like it changes a whole lot. Yeah, that's probably the least impactful. Um, change they made in my eyes. Um, you know, it, it's going to help the guys that have a bad weekend, and that's about it. Um, yeah, I, I, one way or the other, that that doesn't uh, doesn't change anything for me. No, like like it's twenty six points, twenty five points. Uh, all this really changes. Um, is is kind of like how things will shake out as far as who gets like national points, who doesn't. Because obviously now uh, you'd get two points or three points for uh, a nineteenth or twentieth. <coughs> but that that's just everyone's going to be dealing with the same thing for that. So I, I don't really think that really plays too much of a factor. Uh, I think I I would have preferred to see that they uh, not count. Uh, 250 supercross points towards national numbers i feel like um the the 250 national like like the fact that uh jimmy dakotas and not not to discount jimmy dakotas whatsoever but the guy didn't race very many nationals and he's racing uh he'll have number 47 next year same thing with kyle peters i believe he's in the he's 76 and i think he only raced maybe five races total but did well in doing so so he gets a, a top 75 uh, i guess he's top 76 uh national number um maybe like i think the the national numbers almost should be na- like uh, two fifty outdoors and because uh, they run the full series and and four fifty supercross only. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, running half the series and still getting basically full points, I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, half the series and half the talent. Like you get a fifth, but really it's a tenth. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. if you if you stack if you you stack them up together all the time, the the same guys wouldn't like. There's there's certain guys that wouldn't even sniff the podium. Like they yeah. wouldn't be third; they'd be sixth. Yeah, no, that's true. That is true. Um, yeah, I, they they should have definitely done something about the uh, the points a long time ago. Uh, I think you know this is definitely a step in the right direction, but you know, will they ever ever do anything about the the two fifty supercross? I doubt it. No, and I, I don't think so either. It's unfortunate, but it is the way it is. Um, like obviously, like like last year, the cha- the championship would have been different, but that's because we had a really close championship. Uh, do you feel like uh, like with this extra point uh, thrown in there to the twenty sixth point, and then having things a little bit closer at the top of the of the thing? Uh, do you think that that's going to um, like kind of help some riders if they have a maybe have a slow start or uh, or we're basically having those three um the the and we'll get into this later but the triple crown events having those events separate and actually making each race like each, now there are going to be 14 actual supercross races 
Uh, if anything, now those those results are even more important to not have a bad race because you don't have those three other events to make up points. Yes, and I guess I I was misunderstanding with that. I didn't realize that you're getting scored points for each of the three main events. Um, so yeah, that that's going to be impact a big impact in a big way um, for somebody that could potentially have. Um, you know, it's kind of an off weekend. I mean, if you have three bad motos or three bad um, finishes or say you, you crash out in the first one and you're unable to compete in the next two, I mean, that could be you know, potentially huge in the, the final standings. Well, the thing is, is that I, and I, I'm not too sure how, exactly how this is going to work, but the Triple Crown events, those particular events will be scored Olympic style. So if you get first, you get a one, just like in, in, uh, um, more cross nations, you were in one and it's like golf. You want it like a, a one, 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 you would end up with three for the day. And that would be basically your perfect score. Um, but what I don't understand is like, if like, uh, after all results are tallied over those three races, will they then award championship points to the top 20, riders or 22 riders of that particular day like and then from there those points will go towards supercross or will they not i don't know i guess we'll find out if there's a triple crown unless they explain it a little bit more in depth um yeah like i just that that to me is lost because i don't quite like it's like because if you take out those three events you went down from 17 supercrosses to 14 supercrosses and that's a different season yeah, yeah, that's, it could definitely be big for sure. Yeah, like it just it made a shorter season, just like in the in two fifties. If you have a bad race, you're basically out of it. And and not to say a fourteen round series is that short, but it just makes a DNF or a really poor performance that much more impactful if uh, if you do happen to have one. So uh, I I personally think that uh, the point system is, uh, is, is a little bit um, – and, and having these three events that are just completely separate are, are really going to throw a wrench into things. But um, that, that, that being said, a, uh, like the, uh, the next thing on the docket, and it's honestly is – we're just getting back in the time machine. We're going back to 2013 when we didn't have uh, semi-races. Uh, what are your thoughts on – on taking away the semis, uh, nine out of the tra- out of both heat races, uh, four out of L- uh, each LCQ to make two twenty-two man uh, rosters to go into the last the, the main events. Um, give me your thoughts on this. Whether like it, the, does it affect anybody? And if it affects anybody more, is it the fact that uh, uh, we're gonna have we will for sure have somebody who uh, crashes out of their heat race and uh, and then also gets taken out in the first corner of their their LCQ and straight up doesn't make a main event. It's gonna be a big one. Yeah, definitely. You're gonna see a lot more of that this year. I think um, it's it's gonna it's gonna hurt the privateers the most. I think um, you're gonna have a lot of the, the guys last year that would struggle to get out of the LCQ into the main event, they just simply aren't going to make it. And, you know, honestly for me, um, I'm a fan of the, all of the top guys, but I'm, I'm there to watch the privateers. And I think that that comes more from being in the industry and, you know, working where I work because, you know, we support some of those guys and I'm there to watch them. And, you know, if I can't, if I can't see them on TV or I can't see them at the races, you know, it's 
to me, it's kind of like, do I want to go spend my, my hard-earned money to go to the races to, you know, see them potentially not even make a main event? Yeah, and honestly, that is going to be a, a huge thing for for sponsorship. It's already difficult for uh, for for privateers who basically live hand to mouth to uh, to achieve sponsors that can actually give them monetary value. Um, and, and it's even it's very difficult for them to provide value and say like, oh yeah, I might win a semi race or I might win uh, an LCQ or something like that, or at least I run up front in a semi race. Now that's not going to be the case. Like if you're running, if you're AJ Catanzaro and you're running in eighth in the uh, in the heat race, that does nothing other than the fact that uh, uh, Ralph Shaheen might mention your name when you in very blurry far off a far off shot cross over the finish line and and he mentions that you uh uh that you that you made it into the main event that's it you're not going to get that uh that face time when you're leading a race or anything like that i think it really hurts the uh the 450 privateers yes yes it does of which there are many too yeah uh seems like there's more and more all the time um but i mean i think those guys are you know kind of the future of the sport um you, you're seeing a lot more of the, the I don't want to say the privateers, but your your bottom 15 guys going and doing a lot more of the off-season races. And, you know, like the, the straight rhythm. I mean, who would have picked um, Stank Dog to come out and, you know, take the take the victory at straight rhythm? So um, I I think that's the most detrimental change to, to the sport. And... Uh, only time will tell. I mean, it, it could be a flop, and they'll change it back next year. But um, we just gotta, I guess, wait it out and see how it's gonna work. Yeah, I, I think all it's gonna take is a uh, 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 a certain monster athlete uh, with a big number three on his uh, on the side of his bike to, or yeah, in a couple of years' time, maybe a number one on the side of his bike to miss a main event and uh, subsequently surrender a ass load of points and. Uh, uh, that uh, that rule will be changed, or even the night of, there will be a p- provisional put in place, or some something uh, sideways will go on. Where uh, I think the semi races uh, have always been a big part of of the Supercross uh, schedule. I believe they they do have a place. I, I, it gives guys like Weston Pike, guys like Brock Tickle, uh, a stage to to really show what they can do and, and show that those guys are right along the same level. And uh, honestly, sometimes it even helps the racing at the end of the night because, uh, like, say a guy like Chad Reed doesn't exactly have the the best um, heat race out there. He goes out there and gets sixth in the heat race. Uh, but some a little extra t- track time in the in the semi race where maybe things aren't as uh, as crazy and chaotic as an LCQ. He goes out there, learns an extra thing about the track, and all of a sudden comes into the uh, into the main event uh, with a little bit of extra track time and a, and a better plan about how to attack things. Turns out to be a better race. What say you? Yeah, I would I would agree with everything there. Um, a lot of these guys depend on the extra seat time just to get the bike dialed in. Um, you know, Reed is definitely one that, you know, likes to, likes to change settings constantly. Yes, yeah, sir. You know, might have a horrible practice and, you know, a terrible. And he's going to be a privateer too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <Kind of>. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, 
I think the, it's it's really going to change. I mean, I think everything about the racing, not just for the spectators, but for the athletes themselves. Um, they're going to have to have more of a game plan and maybe not be as as patient as they may have been in, you know, say a heat race and then, oh, I can get into the semi. Um, you're probably going to, uh, this is just a throwing this out there, you're probably going to see a lot more um, temper slayer. You're probably going to see a lot more um, um, takeouts, a lot more bad blood. And um, that, that, that will definitely draw more fans and, you know, make the racing more interesting. But to us, is it really going to make it more interesting? Yeah, and I also see a lot of guys who, uh, like, if if you're if you're a, uh, um, say a an AJ Cotanzaro to use him as an example again, or a Nick Schmidt, you're hitting the head now. You're out there in fifth, sixth, or seventh, seventh or eighth in the uh, in the LCQ, or not in the LCQ, rather the heat race, and uh, you got a decent gap going back to you. Maybe a little less bar banging for that seventh place position, just knowing that the two of those guys are like, all right, we're in. Let's just take that safe and. Uh, Circulating laps isn't exactly like scintillating racing. It, it doesn't get the, the the crowd going. I think there's a lot of guys going to be going through the motions. And uh, uh, I, I, I I'm a huge fan of the of the semi races. I think if you were to go back and watch a few of the races that we had this year, some of the best. Like other than some of those those 450 LCQs that are always uh, an absolute uh, shit show, um, the like some some of those supers like the semi races were some of the best racing because you had guys like uh, Dean Wilson that was trying to get a, a good gate pick or or a Jake Weimer out there taking those races and stuff like that. Um, it's a little it's just an extra wrinkle that uh, the your deeper fan. Uh, really did appreciate, and uh, and maybe that's uh, this is a bit of a sign to the the, the hardcore fan that um, like from an entertainment standpoint, uh, Supercross is more concerned with uh, like just just the like the, the stars, the get, getting those guys out there. That's that's who sells the sport to new people. You know what I mean? People want to see. Like the the new fans, they want to see Eli Tomac as often as humanly possible, and I totally understand that. But uh, as those fans become more dedicated fans, I think they'll uh, they'll also look they'll they'll be looking for more of those battles that we just talked about. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I can remember being a kid, and granted, I was a McGrath fan, and I would like to watch McGrath win. But at the same time, uh, when they showed the battles for fifth. Six, seven, you know, going on. You've got like Larry Ward. You've got Ryan Hughes. Um, you know, um, Davey Yizik, Mike, Mike Brown, for instance, all going at it. You know, that's a lot more interesting than seeing somebody just check out. Yeah, and and honestly, a lot of times in those those heat races, yeah, okay, uh, McGrath's in one, Ezra's in the other. Those guys are going to win that. Let's see that uh, like the the best of the rest race each other, and, and see what uh, Larry Ward can come up with. Or uh, um, oh wow, uh, Mike LaRocco got another bad start. Let's see if how badly he can wax these guys in the in the semi race uh, with a with a very serious look on his face the entire time. That was kind of the the half the fun of it all, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I think last night I, I sat down and I watched um, like Indy 98, I think it was, and during one of the semi-races, um, 
Larry Ward actually took a second place, and I forget who it was. He came up on the past late in the race, but um, I mean, it was it was phenomenal just to see some of those late race battles and passes for you know second place or even in the lead right in the last lap. It was uh, it was pretty amazing. Fair enough. Well, I think we can both agree that uh, um, we'd like to see semi races back, and I have a feeling that we will see them back at some point, just for the fact that uh, they are um, like the for for every reason that we just talked about. They're 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 great, and I think that uh, um, like um, cooler heads will prevail in the fact that that those those will most likely come back at some point. Yeah, let's let's hope so. And you know what? While while we're trying to make stupid throats great again, let's bring these throats back. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, if if Roger DeCoster says it, I, I just I think we just need to take that by the gospel. And uh, just like everyone had to start making four strokes when when those were prevalent, people are going to have to uh, join KTM Husky and Yamaha by making two strokes again and uh, um, breathing some life back into a sport that, like, let's be honest. And I like, I, I watched the two fifty uh, straight rhythm and the four fifty straight rhythm. And I, like I, I couldn't have cared less. I, I, I the, it made no difference who won what. And to be honest, I didn't think that uh, uh, Josh Hansen had a snowball's chance in hell uh, again on a, on a 2016 Suzuki, which he was so appreciative for that he was really happy that Suzuki had sent him an old bike to ride uh, for straight rhythm. Um, that he, he was going to do anything against the 2018 and a half, a bike that hasn't even come out yet underneath uh, one of the best races of all, uh, uh, in, of that, that even stands near a motorcycle right now in, in Marvin Muskan. But uh, like when, like set aside uh, Ronnie Mack, when, when uh, Villapoto is out there against Sipes, like any of those guys on the two strokes, like that, that was, that brought back the butterflies, like holy crap. And just the way they, they, they you can't scrub a two stroke quite like uh, a four stroke in supercross. They have to be more upright. They, they fly differently. They utilize the back brake differently. It, it's just a totally different way. And I just, I couldn't get enough of that. I love to see it. No, it was, it was amazing. And I'm going to be honest. I shut it off. As soon as the two stroke race is over, I shut it off. I could. I didn't care about any of the other racing because we already kind of knew who was going to win, and the excitement was gone after the two-stroke race. I mean, between Ronnie Mack and Stank Dog, I mean, they should have saved that for the main event. That should have been the last race of the night. That they, I, I think they should have. And also, if I'm going to say anything about the straight rhythm, I could seriously do without the race for third. Like, I don't know if you flip a coin or you just do the like do a one race knockout. But I don't need a three. I need I don't need a three race playoff to see who gets the silver or the bronze rather yeah. uh, in uh, in in that particular uh, event. But that, that that's just one small note on that particular event. Yeah, they could have done a, a one race winner takes all on that. They they didn't yeah, need to have a three way race. Yeah, I don't think RV cared for all any of those passes, let alone uh, the first one. So uh, yeah, um, and and honestly, neither did the fans. It was kind of just a formality, and we're like, all right, really, they're still racing this thing. But um, that's just one thing I would change. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Back to Supercross. So this year, now there's going to be three events. Uh, I believe it's Minnesota, Anaheim, two. And Atlanta? Um, 
Indy? I thought I thought Indy's the other uh uh two fifty combined one. Oh yes, you're right. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'd have to double check, but it, it, either way, there's three races, and they're going to be a, a triple crown series. And I, I suppose this is going to have its own kind of championship because, um, like, it, and it's going to be a an Olympic style format. All the qualifying will be done during the day, which uh, like for the, a lot of fans do show up to watch these guys do their thing during the day, so that you don't lose a lot there. Um, but like we mentioned. A lot of these privateers that are on the bubble, or maybe uh, they only make night shows, they straight up will not. They they will travel to some far off land like Minnesota, where they talk really funny, and uh, they they'll go there just to hang out and ride their laps during the day. And I think you're going to see a record low of of guys qualify, even going out to qualify, because like if you if you're seriously outside the top twenty. Um, or out, yeah, if you're outside the top, the top 40 guys, like, why would you even bother? Like, why would you bother thinking that you would kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why you'd spend the money to enter yourself in a supercross that you may not even get a chance to represent your sponsors. You might not even get a photo taken, like no rec, no, no recollection of you being there. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I totally <laughs> agree. It's, it's going to definitely hurt. The, the privateers, um, for sure. I, yeah, I'm not, not just privateers, uh, but privateer teams. Like, uh, like I, I already know that the, the the Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team will not be going to those events. Uh, uh, Rockwell um, Nuclear Blast FXR Kawasaki will not be at those events. Um, other teams like that. Your 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 fifty fifty one fifty Yamahas. Your uh, your Slayton Racings. Your like the um, the there's a, uh, a J, JMC uh, Husk Huskvarna that uh, has had guys like um, uh, in the past they've had uh, Chris Howell and Noah, Noah McConaughey like those teams straight up will not be traveling to those events given the fact that they might not even get a chance to be seen by a single television camera and that's huge yeah it, it definitely is for the, for the teams the sponsors anybody putting out a a large amount of money and you know it's not cheap to get those semis from california to you know, minnesota so yeah, yeah I-, I definitely see those guys packing it in and just not not going Absolutely, and and not to, to absolutely just crap on all these changes from Supercross, but I like uh, I refuse to look at them through rose-colored glasses. I love that they are trying to change things, but um, I don't know about you, but if I'm like if if say if these races, um, if they if, if basically they're if if they don't if the the end result of the evening doesn't have uh, implications on like the total points for the Supercross series. Say like those events are totally separate, and the overall results don't equate to like say if you get first on the evening, you get twenty six points, whatever, what have you. Um, I could easily see uh, Jason Anderson or a, a Marvin Muskan uh, spraining a pinky in the first moto of the night, and then not only do you not see him that evening. Well, he's totally out of the Triple Crown series, so you don't see him in in uh, Atlanta. You don't see him in Minnesota because those events don't, like that's not a race that he has any chance of winning or any chance. So, like, 
those races would almost be like treated as like, oh, I, I have an opportunity to get some rest there, and I have a chance to get some rest there. And we'll we'll say that you have a a, a neck injury, or we were still dealing with a wrist or something like that, a practice crash, and all of a sudden, uh, your your uh, some of your top level pros just straight up aren't in your aren't in your triple crown. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't put that much thought into it. Wow, that's that's a, a good point for sure. That's something to to think about going forward. Um, but in that, yeah. in that one bad it, race and like T- Tomac could miss all of them. He could like yeah. he could crash out of the first moto and out of nine, you don't see him the whole rest of the uh, whole rest of the year in the triple crown. Yeah, or he has a you know a break failure or something like that. But. Uh, yeah, that. Uh, but in the, at the same time, that could open up the window for some of your privateers to try to sneak in. Right. But I, uh, yeah, I had never had never thought about it like that. Or think, think, maybe think about it this way: Say you've got yourself, and like these are like three, uh, three races, and we've seen it in the nationals as well. You have a two moto format. You've got uh, forty guys that that. Uh, line up to the line in the first moto, you had a couple of guys get uh, some DNFs, and you get a couple of guys um, have some issues with uh, with injuries or uh, a bike breaks or uh, they, they, they can't replace something. And uh, all of a sudden you have 31 guys showing up at the, uh, um, at, at, at the next race. Well, like that's almost a, a quarter of your – that's a, a – thir- yeah, it's a quarter of your field. So what's stopping, like, from for a three-moto format, how, how, like, what if you had five guys uh, drop out of the, like, uh, can't finish the first main event of six minutes, which I, if they can't finish that, good lord, uh, and then the third, second race, if you get a couple of guys that DNF out of that one, their night's done, now you got, uh, now you got 12 guys lining up for the last main event of the, of the night. Do you have guys that, like, are there, uh... Are there some guys that were on the bubble waiting in the wings to to fill those spots? And and if so, how does that even work? Like I, I don't I don't think they've really thought that part through. Is that uh, with that many more gate drops or like meaningful races, you could have guys that just straight up can't make the field. Yeah, um, that's that's definitely an interesting twist on things. So I guess time will tell. Um, yeah, we won't we won't know until that first uh, or even second round of the triple crown. Um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely something I hadn't, hadn't thought about. And, um, that could change the entire outcome of the championship. I mean, you could have a, um, you know, like a Western Pike possibly even winning the championship just because of uh, a couple, couple bad nights and then not showing up, you know? Yeah. You have, uh, like, uh, you have Jason Anderson and his brand new Alpine star gear. Of course, I think everyone's wearing Alpine star this year. I think every, like it's just, they've got 12 riders, I believe at least. Um, and, uh, but, uh, like he had, say he drops out because he has a bad, uh, one of those motos or, uh, Marvin Muskan drops out or something like that. And all of a sudden you got Vince Freeze winning, uh, winning sprint motos and you got, uh, Eli Tomac winning the long ones. And, um, it's just like, uh, it sounds like there's a lot of things happening, but I don't know if that's entertaining. I don't like, cause I, I think that there's a lot of fans, even if they're a new fan, they want to show up and watch the best guy win does like to me like i like i don't really care who wins i just want to see like if so if if chad reed's killing it i want to see chad reed win if if eli tomac's killing it i want to see eli tomac win if ryan dungey is absolutely slaying it out there and no one's got anything on his stuff 
I want to see him win. And um, I don't think that you're going to see that all the time. I, I like with with uh, not having enough time to come back from a bad start or something like that. Like, uh, you, I think you're going to have a lot of opportunities this year to be like, well, um, and not to discount him at all, but uh, Jake Weimer won that main, but you know Eli was coming. Like yeah. two more laps, and Eli would have got him. Yeah. So, you know what so I mean, like you're you're going to have a lot of motos where asterisk asterisk. Asterisk, like, and that, that like, that, I don't like that either. Yeah. So, can we back up for a second? Are we breaking news here? You, uh, you said Ryan Dungey. Is there something that you don't already oh, not telling? Oh, uh, I wish. Uh, uh, Ryan Dungey is uh, this winter. Ryan Dungey will be uh, fishing. Uh, like he'll be, he'll be in Minnesota doing some ice fishing. I imagine uh, he might break out the skates. Um, and, uh, he might be, uh, watching his, uh, his favorite Minnesota Vikings play in the playoffs, uh, certainly not the, uh, Green Bay Packers, but, um, yeah, like, uh, he'll be doing a lot of things and, uh, and motocross is not one of them. Oh, that's a bummer. About the Packers or, or Dungy? Yes, all, all the above, yes. <laughs> Yes, uh, uh, a speedy recovery for one uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, who was on my fantasy team until I had to drop him after uh, he was dropped by uh, what uh, uh, what linebacker crunched him to the ground. My my girlfriend sitting here, she's a Green Bay Packer fan. She's not impressed. Matt, would you believe that only two weeks ago I actually had to purchase, or didn't have to purchase, but I did purchase both a Green Bay hat and T-shirt combo. Nice, nice. I like it better than you already. Yeah, apparently I got good taste in women. Uh, she doesn't have good taste in football teams, but that's another topic altogether. Oh, uh, okay. So, let's, let's get back it. on track here. I love getting back on track. So, like, it, honestly... Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Triple Crown uh, series. I would have liked to have seen uh, just have these races kind of like I, I wanted to see them like work more towards like 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 the the actual series itself because now I feel like they're kind of like their specialty events weaved into uh, a regular series that we already had. Like there almost seems like there's a second series that's just built inside an old, like, uh, the old the old system, and uh, that doesn't really change a lot. I feel like if we just would have had, like, say, instead of, um, instead of, uh, and, like, maybe you only give points back to 10th, but you you award 10 points per moto win, and then on, on those events, 30 points maximum are up for grabs, rather than... Uh, something like something along the, uh, along the lines, like because obviously having seventy five or seventy six, seventy eight points uh, up for grabs in the uh, in, in a is that, how does that work? No, seventy seven points. No, seventy eight points up for grabs in a in in a full night of racing uh, with twenty five points. Uh, for each main event, that is ridiculous. Someone sprains their ankle, and all of a sudden they're seventy-five points down. Unrealistic. But uh, if you were to try to just work it differently, um, I feel like that would have been a better way to do it. Because now, like I said earlier, you could have a, easily have a situation where guys uh, are, are knocked out of one moto, and you don't see them for the rest of the night, and that could happen to multiple guys, resulting in maybe twelve guys on the line for the last main. That looks shitty on Supercross. I don't care how you slice it. 
no, you're right. It's going to look terrible on the uh, on the TV. <coughs> yeah, we got fans, and they're trying to draw and make a bigger bigger crowd, get more fans, and that's definitely not a way to do it. No, and having shorter races, I think that uh, I like what made motocross so hardcore, and even supercross to an extent is that there was always lo- like they're 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 grueling races they're like they're uh they're they're tamed down hair scrambles if not super super long rides but like we went from 45 minute motos to 40 minute motos to 35 minute motos plus two laps and and 20, 20, 20 laps for a main event like that is no small feat on a on a minute long track you are balls to the wall for 20 minutes no other sport does that not hockey not football not soccer not even rugby and, uh, and, and it's, it's just now with a six lap race, like you, you send those guys out there, the race is over before it finished or yeah, it's over before it starts. I think a lot of fans or new fans be like, all right, so they have to go hard for six minutes. Oh fuck. I can go hard for six minutes. I go hard right. for six minutes in bed every other night. Yeah, there you go. So you're going to, you're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, people in this or, um, I can't even think of any other good starters right now. Um, but you're going to see a lot of the top guys not getting that first main event win or maybe even the yeah. second main event win. You know, somebody like Eli, that's a notorious bad starter, you know, he might be lucky to even get the podium in a first, you know, the six-minute race. So that uh, that itself could change the, the championship. But... Uh, I don't see it affecting like a Vince Freeze. You know, he's not going to get a a championship. He's not, you know, maybe a top five here and there. Mm-hmm. But you know, if, if serious standing, he would be probably lucky to break the top ten. Oh yeah, no, I th- I, I think uh, if you you could line these guys up in uh, in a parking lot and run fifty motos throughout a night, and and the same guys will end up basically where they're going to be. The the best racers are the best racers, but and like I think, and of course, the guys at Supercross will tell you that like this is exactly what we want. We want different winners. We want like the last race to come, like the 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 third moto of the night. To have like maybe all the pressure on a guy like Eli Tomac that's uh, had two bad starts throughout the night, and he's he's looking at like a a five three, and he needs a win so that he can uh, win the night. Well, like that would be really exciting if Eli Tomac does get a good start and ends up winning that last race. But what if he doesn't? And and he was the fastest guy on the night, but he just like gets another bad start and ends up fifth. Like the the fans come to the, the the fans come to watch the best guys win. Like that's why people loved MC so much. That's why they didn't mind watching him win the way they did because he was the greatest in the world, and they loved watching him be the greatest in the world. They did so for seven eight years. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, they're coming to see the fastest guy, but they don't really see the fastest guy win. And that's for a new fan that. Uh, I don't know that it would necessarily, I guess, maybe affect a new fan, but, you know, somebody like you and I, we're not going to dig, sit in there, watch Eli Tomac struggle, you know, race in and race out to maybe get a podium. We're there to see, you know, Eli Tomac take on the championship. Yeah, or like just, just do what 
do what he's like not supposed to do, but like what what he would like if if you just you let it play out. Like I I I don't understand how this is like how it was broken to begin with. Like they they say the I think it was the 2011 season or something like that was one of the greatest seasons of all time. Well, that was with the old format. That was line them up and let them race and. I think if if this last year's Monster Cup was any indication is um you can try and change as much as you want. You can put try and put it in a box to um to to like make more excitement or or kind of like change like like make motocross something that that you want it to be, but the reality is is that like they're dirt bikes flying through the air with uh with jockeys on there basically and um it's it's never it's never going to work exactly like you were hoping it would unless unless you're it's 1996 and someone has uh, a CR250 in, in, under their ass um, like it's it, it, this is this is like it, it's it's very difficult to kind of remold motocross or supercross and 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 do so in a way that's going to be more entertaining because in in a lot of ways like like this last year's monster cup was like that was your that was your triple crown scenario right there, and what happened? Yeah, yeah. The, the guy that set out the motocross nation screening for three laps. So. Yeah, like, and and honestly, um, like if all like say say if all three of the Monster Cup or if all of the triple crown rounds worked out similarly to how the Monster Cup ended up, would like. I would venture to say that that Monster Cup race was possibly more boring or less entertaining than any of the even most boring Supercrosses last year, where like even like a, a race like uh, the the Phoenix Supercross, where Eli Tomac won by 15 seconds, that was a more entertaining race than having Marvin get three out of four, uh, three out of, or two out of three hole shots, uh, lead 28 of 30 laps and, uh, have his basically teammate training partner, uh, not so much as sneeze on him on way to a uncontested win. You're like, all right. Yeah. So, I so if we have three of those, during, that's going to suck. Yeah. I fell asleep during that race. Yeah. It was not entertaining at all. Yeah. And I don't mean to sound like I'm complaining about all this stuff. And I, I mentioned, I like to see changes. I just, uh, I feel like some of these things, especially the Triple Crown, maybe not as thought out um, as they could have been. Uh, as far as uh, like, uh, yeah, sure, do do it, do a Triple Crown, but make it um, more impactful for the whole season rather than basically just cutting three events out of your season and and, and just kind of uh, doing doing a different version of of something that we already have. Yeah, yeah. Um... I think years past, I think the Monster Cup has been uh, a success, and I think it's drawing more eyeballs to the sport, and I think maybe that's what they're they're looking at. But um, in a, a seventeen race series, throwing three of those in there, I don't um, I don't see how it would be a benefit to anybody. Yeah, that, that, and honestly, one of the things that wasn't explained, and I can only assume that it would be the case, basically, because they're kind of three standalone events, is, like, there's three, there's three, uh, triple crown rounds for 250 riders. So does that mean that there, those three rounds will also be combined rounds? Cause you, like, you wouldn't have two on one and one on the other as far as coasts go. You'd have all the 250 riders in there. 
with one of the mains being six minutes, which like, like you and I are, are neither in the greatest of shape in the entire world. Uh, but, uh, you and I can go six minutes, my friend. And, uh, uh, we, we, a lot of on, on motocross bikes and, um, it's, uh, like, it just like, like, so is it a, is it a combined races? Is it not? That wasn't explained, which I can only assume it is. But uh, like, I, I don't see why the 250s needed to have that as far as, um, like, having, uh, like, a, like, having, like, those those privateers won't get to be seen in qualifying. Uh, a, a lot of the, like, kind of the, the mid to low level uh, factory support guys won't get a lot of TV time either. And uh, six minutes for a main event, I'm sorry, but that's, that's too short. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, I think I would have liked to see all three main events be the same way. Um, I don't, don't care for the, the staggered, um, times. It's, uh, I think that in itself for new fans is going to be confusing as well as, um, even, you know, current fans like myself. You know, it's probably going to take a couple races for me to really get into it. Yeah, and the fact that uh, like this, it's 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 already. Like, it wouldn't say motocross is confusing, but like you're you're watching a race with a brand new person, and uh, it's like, all right, oh, what's this race? Oh, it's a heat race. Uh, you're you're qualifying for the main event. People can understand that top five top five advance. Um, but then like so like say they're watching their second race. You're like, oh, is this a heat race? No, this is a um this is a main event. Like this is a main event. They're like, yeah, it's there's there's three of them now, and uh, like like a two fifty. Is that like your two fifty two stroke? No, two fifty two strokes are with like four fifties, and and those used to be one twenty fives, and now there's three main events, but they're not all the same length, but they produce the same amount of points with the same racers, and uh and but these races don't pertain to the other ones. They're different. And they have all the races at these ones, but they only have half of them at the other weight races for the 250s. And then uh, if someone gets hurt at one of the Triple Crown events, it screws up the whole rest of their year. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so. there's – I think right now there's just a bunch of unanswered questions and maybe a bunch of what-ifs. And, you know, once that first that first weekend comes and goes, I think we'll have a, you know, a lot better – a lot better picture of what's going to take place. Maybe a better understanding, and maybe even at A one, so, you know, maybe at A one they'll come out and you know, <coughs> have more details worked out, and they'll, they'll kind of explain it a little bit better. But I mean, I can only hope that that's what they would do. Yeah, I I, I certainly hope so. Or uh, like. There, there's a lot of things that can be that are affected by this. Like even like how soon a guy comes back. Like say someone was supposed to come back from Minneapolis. Like that's what their timeline was for the injury. But uh, that's a that's a uh, like say it's like uh, say Eli Tomac gets hurt and uh, he wants to come back, but uh, uh, I won't come back from Minneapolis. I'll come back the next week. So we lose a week of seeing Eli Tomac out there, uh, only for the fact that uh, it's 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 not an event that pertains to the other series. So he he sits that one out, and uh, we as fans, like the the, the paying public that that want to watch it, are robbed of uh, of a night of Eli Tomac. And uh, yeah. I think if anyone can agree that that uh, that those are good things. Yeah, uh, you know the whole thing with this one, they want to they're going to get uh, the the fans want to see their favorite rider. You know, that's what they're trying to do here. But um, it's, it's almost like it's going to backfire. 
What about the seven deuce deuce? Like let like the guy he's yeah. like to his credit, very good at qualifying, but there is a good likeliness and like not to discredit him whatsoever, but there's a chance that we do not see the seven double deuce at three different events this year. Um, he will be in the stands. That uh I would say is a hundred percent on that. I think you're right. Um That's a character. Yeah, that is. That's a big a big impact on the sport, and at the same time, with no semis, maybe we don't see him, but a couple main events all year. Yeah, and 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 that again affects the like uh, guy's ability to collect uh, to collect points for uh, for their national number. If they can't get a national number, they become le- less uh, viable to sponsors. And if they can't make if they can't make a lot of ma- uh, night shows and main events, they become like now a seventeen opportunities to be on TV becomes fourteen. And uh, I'm not good at math, but let's say that's twenty percent less uh, than before. So uh, they're able to take in twenty percent less money if they're and if twenty percent twenty percent is uh, is is a good chunk, my friend. If that doesn't allow them to go racing anymore, you get guys falling off, and uh, then the the quality and the uh, the uh, the depth of your field starts to go down as well, and uh, that overall just hurts things because then, uh, like oftentimes, like we've seen at the Canadian Nationals, we've seen it uh, in the MXGPs, uh, you you got uh, you got thirty five guys qualifying for forty spots. Yeah, yeah. Especially the GPs, you know, you got twenty guys out there on a forty man gate. That's yeah, and and a couple of guys are barely on the lead lap. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, I think uh, I think this is going to be a, a learning season for everybody. So the AMA, I mean the teams. I uh, I, I think we're all going to be waiting for a twenty nineteen Supercross or even twenty eighteen Nationals midway through the season. Yeah, I think uh, we're going to find out one way or another. Um, it uh, Supercross never ceases to excite. Um, I, like there, uh, some races are more exciting than others. You, we can have a twenty lap main event that uh, is an absolute snoozer. You, you and I have both watched those and probably rewatched a few of those over the years. But uh, um, I, I'm excited for this year's Supercross. Um, it, there seems like a lot of movement with riders and teams, and uh, I'm interested to see how Justin Hill does on the JGR bike. I think that's going to be an interesting thing to follow. Um, and uh, yeah, hey, maybe maybe uh, the, the Triple Crown produces more than we thought in the fact that uh, maybe you have a couple of guys, maybe from, like if it's a totally separate event from, or like kind of separate series from the, uh, the, the Supercross races, maybe you have a guy like uh, Colton Fasciati from Canada comes up and, and uh, comes down and races some uh, some low, like uh, the the triple crown, or, or uh, uh, a couple of GP guys show up and race that thing. Or maybe Jeffrey Hurling shows up to Minnesota, and uh, and and uh, get puts a cheese head on, goes out for o- opening ceremonies, and uh, and wows the crowd. Who knows? Who's got my vote right there? Boom. Oh, but. Uh, yeah, like you said, time will tell, and uh, I, I just wanted to kind of like unpack some of the the, the pros and cons to all of this because um, change is good. I think change is good for Supercross, is good for any sport. Uh, but with every action, there's a reaction, and then there's uh, there's pros and there's cons. Like they're getting to see Eli Tomac 
three times a night for a longer period of time is a good thing. Uh, not having privateers out there being able, and those are your workman style guys of the sport, guys like yourself and I really can uh, can ad- identify with because uh, um, short of paying for a lot of their gear themselves, a lot of those guys experience the sport very similarly to the way that the two of uh, two, two of us do. So um, like that that kind of is a is a drawback. But uh, like, like I said pros and cons and uh for me i'm, I'm excited to, to to talk to to watch some supercross and that's why i'm talking yeah. about it i wouldn't uh wouldn't I, be addressing these things if we weren't uh, excited to watch these guys do their thing yeah i'm beyond pumped for a1 um, I'm, I'm excited for justin barsha um i'm excited for um on a yamaha chad reed you know i want to see i want to see these guys and you know Maybe just maybe we'll see some different racing this year. Um, you know, with Dungey being gone, but uh, I think we already kind of know what's gonna what's gonna take place with um, his his old teammates. So I don't know. Yeah, just, uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot of um, a lot of stuff happening in the Philly season that uh, has me excited. And you'd mentioned Josh Hill very much. So um, I'm. I'm excited for that. Um, I don't think that uh, I don't think that going from really Kawasaki to Suzuki is going to cause him to to lose a championship and not be able to repeat. I think I think he has what it takes, just as long as he can stay healthy for the entire season. Hey, I uh, <clears throat> I agree with you, my friend. Uh, he's got uh, a lot of smart people over at JGR figuring things out, and uh, and he's in good hands. Uh, Matt, before I let you go, um, let people know where they can find you on social media so they can follow and interact. And uh, also, I know you you have a a new project on the go and uh, a couple of different kind of avenues you want to go with it. What do you got? Uh, throw down your, your social media for us and uh, clue us on what you're working on lately. Well, uh, you can be found on Instagram at mweller572. And uh, I picked up another another project bike. Um, I don't know why exactly, but uh, I got a 98CR125. Kind of a near and dear to my heart. I've always always liked that bike. This is actually going to be, I believe, my third one. And uh, I think to start with, I'm just going to uh, put it off stock. I'm going to make it look like a stalker and just, uh, just go out and have fun and ride it, not, uh, not make something too pretty to, to ride. There you go. Well, uh, I, I I can't wait to see that thing when it comes out, my friend. Uh, you always do really nice work, and uh, the guys over at uh, Primal X uh, Motorsports Graphics will no doubt be hooking you up with some tight-looking graphics, whether it's the stock look, whether it's totally out out of this world, or uh, something in between. Looking forward to it. Uh, I've already contacted them and got everything taken care of, so hopefully in the, the coming days we'll we'll see some see some graphics. Perfect, my friend. Well, uh, as always, really appreciate the time. Don't hang up just yet. For podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. Thanks.